God is currently doing in my life is, is always a little more challenging, a little more um, revealing. As I think you know, most of you know anyways, for the last, uh, well, since February, I've been visiting a different church in our district every Sunday. And so uh, there, there's a whole lot that I could, if that was what I was talking about, uh, what, what I, I've learned about God's people and how they gather in different ways in different places across our, our district uh, in our family of churches. There's a lot to be learned there. Uh, but that's not what I was asked to do here this morning. Um, so I want to begin with uh, just one of those incidents. On Sunday, March 27th, I drove from Wainwright here, as you gathered here in, in this building, uh, up to Elk Point Community Church, just north of us a little ways, to, to uh, bring, the, bring the message there. And most often, I am invited to bring a little bit of a district report and a sermon. I'm not going to give you a district report, because I feel like over the years, I've, I've emphasized and encouraged you to support the district and the Evangelical Free Church many times. I'll just say, back above the snack table in the corner, there's all kinds of little uh, one-page one or, or little bookmark kind of flyers that tell you everything about the Free Church in summary form, and I, I would encourage you to to take some of those and, and learn who we are and, um, and how you can support the ministry of the Free Church and the mission. But I was driving up to Elk Point Community Church, and, uh, and I had a lot of fun there. Uh, they're, they're a group of a small group. Uh, they tend to be uh, 15 to 20 people in, on Sunday mornings, and they have bought an old fire hall and converted it in, into a church building. And, uh, and they're almost exclusively seniors uh, in, in that group, in that church. And I, there's something that I couldn't help but notice, and that is before the service, during the service, and after the service, there was a lot of chatter and laughter the whole way through. Uh, questions came at me during the sermon, whether I was willing to stop and, and, uh, and entertain them or not. Uh, they just they had a lot of fun. They really had a lot of fun, and it was kind of going through my mind, like, like I mean, this is, it's fun to be here. These are really fun people to be with, and I was wondering why that is, and I, I think it was revealed to me because after the service, uh, the soup and buns came out, and they, they spend uh, two, three, four hours every Sunday after church just being together uh, every time. So they just know each other really well. They're just really comfortable with, with each other. And so they're, they're, they're such good friends from spending a lot of time together every Sunday that it just comes natural to, to just uh, have a continue the conversation from, be, from before church, through church, and after church. So, so that's unique. I mean, that's different, and it, it's a lot of fun. But, but they, they surprised me then after lunch. I didn't know this was going to happen, but they put me on the hot seat. Uh, they, they informed me that they were having a board meeting and that I was a special guest at the board meeting, and they began to ask me questions, and their question essentially was, what is the Alberta Parkland District doing for us? They, they did. They, put, they asked hard questions. They put me on the hot seat. How, how can you help us? How can you help us be a better church? How can you help us reach our community? And, uh, I mean, it wasn't antagonistic. It was full of laughter and fun, as I said, but, but I, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't prepared for that. I hadn't thought about answers beforehand uh, in terms specifically of their community. And so, uh, so it, was, it, was, uh, it was a little bit challenging to, to have that conversation as I'm very new in this role. 
But it's, it's, uh, it was very good. It was, it was exactly what they should have done. And uh, in fact, two creative ideas are already being formulated out of that meeting. Uh, one of them, they're right, right today, they're meeting in, in Elk Point as we're here. And they uh, are going to have another board meeting without me there. And they're going to discuss a proposal that I put together with some other uh, resources to, to maybe help them. And the, and the second one that I'm working on, and I'm working on it right now, <laughs> I'm going to point the finger here at this church, they, uh, they, asked if, they asked if I could find a way to help them with music. Because they, uh, they have two people who can play music, and they're seniors, and you should watch this woman struggle with her back to get her accordion on her shoulders and then get up on a stool because she can't really stand with it and, and play music every single Sunday. And they asked, is there a church nearby that could live stream the singing part of their service? Not the sermon. They got guest speakers coming every Sunday. They don't have a pastor. They're too small to afford it. But just the singing part. Could you, give our, could you find a way to give our musicians a break once in a while? And so that's my challenge to you. They're not that far away. You could send a worship team up there at least once to encourage them. So that's my challenge to you. And then after, after you've met them with a worship team, uh, then, then maybe you could invite them into the live stream worship singing part of your service. But they had one stipulation. If you find a church that will let us join their live stream for singing, we'll only join if they greet us by name from the front. We want to be acknowledged. Welcome Elk Point for singing with us kind of thing. So, so that's cool. That, that's, that's a bunch of seniors just with creative new ideas about how to, how to cooperate. So that's my, I mean, it's not just you. There's other churches I'm bringing this challenge. But, but that's a challenge to you. Your neighbor church and the free church needs some help. Uh, could you do it? The question that I was asked by uh, Byron and Michael is, how has God been working in your life since you've become district superintendent? So that's pretty fresh, since January. And, um, and so I want to share uh, the, this, this thing that, that I helped invent, your turn, and talk a little bit about that. There's one story, one Bible story from the book of Acts that just keeps coming to mind, coming to mind, and running in my mind uh, over the last few weeks and even a couple of months. It's Acts chapter 8, verse 26, or starting in verse 26. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. And he met the treasure of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandak, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning, seated in his carriage. He was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, Do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, How can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up to the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he was reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as as a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? 
So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And the story that Philip told him is what Byron just told us. So, so you're very familiar with the conversation that they had. It's the same story. As they rode along, they saw some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went, went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip himself found himself further north at the town of Aztus. He preached the good news there in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. The reason that story is, is, has new meaning for me or is, is very relevant right now is because I recognize some of the things that I'm encountering as district superintendent. Philip was told to go up to this chariot, and he could have no idea what was happening in that chariot, what the guy was reading, what he was talking about, what kind of questions he was asked. There was no way to prepare for that meeting. He just had to be obedient and go. And then, and then likewise, uh, you know, he didn't have time to say, well, 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 in our church, we do baptisms this way, and we, we have these classes, and, you know, give me some time to fill the tank and warm the water. And No, it was, it was the, the, the request for help was immediate right now, right there. And I'm experiencing a lot of that um, these days. As I just shared from Elk Point, I had no idea there was going to be a board meeting, and I no, had no idea I was going to be on the hot seat, so there's no way to prepare for it. And so, uh, so there, there it is. And that's caused me uh, to, to, to need to do some internal work between me and God. Because, just to give you another example, more pertinent to your life, I don't know if you know about this, maybe some of you do, but I've, I've had a tendency, let's say, just for an example, that I'm about to make a phone call and I need to phone somebody, I would have a tendency to spend an hour going over in my mind the conversation, how it might go, different scenarios to prepare. And I always convinced myself that I was just being well prepared. But the truth is, I was worrying and I was not trusting God. And probably I was a little bit crazy. I mean, if I, if I, and I knew it as I was doing it, even though I justified my actions uh, in other ways, because I knew for sure, even as I was spending an hour going over the conversation in my head, I knew that the conversation that actually happened on the phone would never follow even one of the scenarios I could imagine. I knew that, because it never did. I also knew that almost every time the conversation went very well, so there was nothing actually to worry about. But I suppressed those, those, that knowledge to justify my lack of trust or my ability to worry. And I suppose there are, there's a confession in there. Some of you never got a phone call that I should have made because I spent too much time worrying about it and thinking about that. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. Um, I want to I assure you of one thing, because this is, this is just important uh, in that confession. I was never scared of you. My, my worry, my fear, was that I would make a mistake that I would put my foot in my mouth. 
I was worried about my own performance, my own sense of adequacy to do the job. It wasn't about you, it was my own self. And so, so that's been something that, that, I mean, that's just one example, and that could go, go in other places as well. But as in my new role, I'm, I'm put into situations and, and the phone rings or I have to make a call and I just can't even go through the scenarios because I don't even know the person I'm about to call. And so, and so it's, it's, really, it's really forced me to face this, this issue, this fear that I've had, I've struggled with for, for many, many years. In the story, Acts chapter 8, verse 29 The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk alongside the carriage. Philip, it doesn't say Philip spent an hour wondering what he would say, because guess what? The carriage would have been gone. It says Philip ran. He ran over. And he asked, and he he noticed what was happening, what what the eunuch was reading, and he asked, do you understand what you're reading? And he trusted that he would be able to engage in that conversation. And so, um, so that's what happens uh, in, our, in my life. That's what God's trying to work on in my life. Uh, this happens every week uh, as district superintendent, as, as I show up at a church and I just cannot possibly predict. You know, people will introduce their district superintendent in, in varied and, and creative and interesting ways that you could never imagine. And, and then as soon as they've done the introduction that you have no idea what it's going to be, you have to stand, I have to stand up there and then, and then respond to that and, and, and bring, the, bring the message. And, and so, so, yeah, I've, I've had to really trust God in ways I haven't done before. That's what God's been trying to teach me. I found that, you know, it's, it's, almost, it's embarrassing to, to admit it, but... You know, God's promises that I've, I've even told you many times just become more real when you get put in a different situation and you have to trust them in a different way. And so there's two promises that I, I emphasize and, and I think you already know. But one of the promises is trusting God's past. So if, if we look, for example, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, I, I truly believe that through the years and the experiences and, and education and things that have gone on in my life, that God has prepared me for this role, that, that he's, he's called me to this ministry, this district ministry. I believe that. Um, but it's one thing to say that in my mind. It's, an, it's another thing to walk into a meeting where a church has asked me to come in and, and mediate a church conflict and believe that I don't know any of the people. I don't know how to prepare because I don't know what the issues are. They're going to start asking me questions. And, and we have to engage in that. And so that's a, that's a situation where the only thing I can do is trust that God has prepared me for this moment because he's put me into this ministry. And of course, why would, be, why would I be surprised? He is faithful. And after the meeting, I think, I have no idea if what I said was wise or helpful. But the people are telling me that it has been. So I'm surprised, like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I guess maybe God meant it when he said that he has prepared me 
uh, for the work that he's going to put me into. And then there's the present promise as well. That's the past, trusting that God has prepared me for where I am right now. And then the, the present promise it comes, for example, from Luke chapter 12, verse 11. And when they had brought, when you are brought to trials in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities, don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what needs to be said. And so again, I rely on that promise as I, as I walk into situations or or I don't even know I'm walking into a situation and the, the people in the churches and the, the boards that I'm working with um, put me in a situation. And I, I also, um, this is a, a little side, side trail, but it's interesting I noticed that Philip, he had that conversation in the chariot and then God just took him away and that was the end of it for Philip. He had to trust that what had happened there, what had transpired, was adequate and, and could go forward without his presence. And that's been a real challenge for me too because, because um, I'm used to being the pastor of a church and as we deal with, the, have a conversation, then there's, there's many follow-ups. But in district superintendent role, I, I come in and I, I have the input I have and then I go and next week I'm focused on a different thing in a different church and, and I have to just leave the, the church where I've been to, to take it from there. And that's been... That's been hard, but that's a, that's a different issue. Um, that's probably more learning the job. But let's just, I, I just needed to ask myself, and I asked my wife too, and she's a little skeptical whether I'm learning this well or not, but, but I'm, I'm, she, she's a good uh, sounding board uh, for that. But, but there's two stories I can tell that, that demonstrate to my heart that I'm, that I'm learning what God is trying to teach me. And they, they're both from yesterday. So just yesterday... Uh, I, I went up, I drove from our, our new house in, in Edmonton. It's really nice to be close to Camp Nakamum because I, I could drive up there for, uh, for the women's retreat. I was invited to come to the women's retreat and give a, a district uh, presentation, get to know some of the ladies and say, hi, here am I, your new district superintendent. And, uh, and so I, I showed up and, and, and none of the ladies, I walked into the room and you know there's, there's 60 women in the room and I walk in and feel a bit awkward. Uh, but uh, only because of because of that, and I found out that my impression was that I was going to give a, a ten or fifteen minute district report, and they had scheduled me for a two two hour plenary session. So I had twenty minutes before the session started. And, uh, and, I mean, we talked a little bit, the organizers and myself, and, and we, we just, we actually don't know where the miscommunication happened, if it was my fault or their fault, nobody, it, it just, there was a bunch of scheduled changes between when I was invited and, and when I got there. So, so we just, there's no point in trying to say how it got mixed up, it just got mixed up. So they were very gracious, they said, well, that's okay, just do what you prepared, and, and we're fine with the extra free time, but I thought, well, I better say something. So, so I, uh, I looked at my, my short half a page of notes and, and I thought, well, at this point I could quickly look up a couple of scriptures that, and go into that in a little more detail. And this point I could go in. And so I, I did that very quickly and, and, um, and I stood up and, and brought the presentation and then did some question and answer. And I, I, I think it went well. They tell me it went well. Um, if I'm honest, probably half the people followed my, my stumbling expansion of my talks and, and talk and some of them uh, didn't 
because it wasn't well prepared. But, but that's the kind of thing where, um, you know, in, in the moment, it, it didn't really cause me anxiety. I, I like to be very well prepared, as you all know. And in that case, I was not, it was not possible to be well prepared. And so I just had to go back to those promises and trust that, yes, I have, I have enough background in speaking and enough biblical knowledge at this stage in my life that I can, I can jump into that spot and fill it with something that's worthwhile for people. So that was in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I, I, uh, I just got home. And I just had a very short amount of time between getting home from the women's retreat and when I had an appointment to call uh, a man who was interested in, in possibly becoming a pastor in our district uh, from another denomination. So I, it's part of my job to kind of make those calls and find out if, uh, if they're compatible with our theology and our, the way we do church in the free church and stuff like that. And so I, I got home. I got down in, my, in the basement and I, I looked up uh, you know, I hadn't had time before. I looked up the website from the denomination he's, uh, this potential pastor is ordained with, quickly read through their statement of faith, quickly read through some of their stuff to, to think about what kind of questions I should ask. And then it, the time was there. I had to make the dial. And, and as the phone was ringing, I realized I haven't spent time wondering about t- planning out this conversation like I always do. And, and the nerves just hit me like a load of bricks. But, but I, I interpret that as progress. I didn't realize I hadn't done what I normally do until the phone was ringing and there was no time to do it. I could either hang up or, or I, I could go through with the call. So, um, so that's what God's been teaching me. That's what God's been teaching me uh, in these last few months. And it's, it's difficult to admit that what I justified as being well prepared was just plain worry and nerves and lack of trust. And uh, so that's not, a, that's not a statement against being well prepared, but just being honest about the motivation and being shoved, being shoved into a different type of situation than I was in, as a local church pastor where I could control when things happen more, more uh, specifically uh, kind of has revealed to me my own heart in that matter. And caused me to reach out to God and, and seek to grow in trust. So that's what God's been teaching me. And I hope uh, on another Sunday you'll stand up in your turn and uh, have a chance to share what God's been teaching you.